All right, another episode of the EdTrex podcast. Quinn Henderson here along with Matt Winters. Yep, excited to be here in our new uh, recording space um, here at the uh, Ogden Post Office. Old Post Office. Old Post Office. Yeah, it'd be weird if we were actually in the running post office. Yeah, that would be weird. Just in a random corner in the back, that'd be insane. Yeah, we could probably all do it while we wait in line to do something at the post office. It usually takes long enough to do a 20-minute podcast right there. Right, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we just got back from USET, um, Utah Coalition for technology or educational technology technology down in Salt Lake at the University of Utah. Um, We were there Thursday and Friday, so we're going to do a breakdown of each day. Today is Thursday. Um, It was amazing. What did you think the overall theme of was it? Well, I I think the first day, looking at the first day, um, I think when we talk about all of the sessions and things we experienced today, I think we'll say get out. Right, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, try something new, do something different. Like for instance, the one thing that you and me and who was the other Edtrex explorer that was with us? Um, that would have been well, it could have been Sean, could have been Jeannie, Ian. I think it was Jeannie. Tanya. Tanya. It was Tanya. Tanya. Yeah, that's right. Um, we did an Arduino session. So mm-hmm. if you don't know what an Arduino is, it's a single board computer that can, can control all sorts of things. And we were all in the session from a guy from UC Davis. It was awesome, but. It took so much effort for all of us to get just a light to turn on. Right. Well, I compare that to, remember, we were at South by Southwest, and we just strapped the light to a battery. Uh, that was definitely our level. And then when you put that Arduino in front of us, it definitely took a lot more effort. Yeah, absolutely. It was like uh, it was like taking apart a computer for the first time and seeing all the different parts and going, oh, that's how that works. But crap, how does that work? But didn't you feel out of your comfort zone? Yeah, absolutely. And it helped on Friday. We'll talk more about that next day or uh, next podcast. I, I actually got the light to work on my own, which was awesome. That's... Um, but yeah, we did that. And what you you ran a session. Let's, let's hear a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, first uh, session of the day after the keynote from me, I went to share my Google Innovator journey uh, with those that were interested in learning about that experience and what it takes to apply for that experience. So I, I would take that particular experience. And for those of you that don't know what the Google Innovator Academy is, it's really an opportunity to meet and collaborate with educators all over the world on some challenging or wicked problem that you found in education, and then work on that project uh, throughout the whole year. And you did that in uh, 2017, right? In the Netherlands? October 2017, Sweden. Sweden, sorry. Really close, but completely different cultures. Yeah, same Vikings from different areas, right? Vikings and Kippers and those sorts of things. Right, so I, I shared my experience there, but that really, that whole experience could be summed up as get outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And you can't help when you do something like the Google Innovator Academy, when you get there to think, do I belong here? What am I doing here? I'm totally out of my league. But you quickly learn that when you start to have conversations with people, that you've got something in common, that you're completely connected. And the education is kind of this great equalizer in the conversation. You share the same passions, you have the same motives, the same drive, and even the same obstacles. So um, it was really fun to start off and share that uh, first thing yesterday. So I had really a, a lot of good feedback and made a lot of connections there. And so excited to help people maybe on their journey. So for people that don't know how that process works, because there's a lot of people that are interested in Google, it's a big buzzword. Um, how did you go about that process? Just like short term, like maybe a couple of minutes, like how did you go through that process? Well, the first thing I did was I applied once and I was not accepted. And then I applied again and I was not accepted. And then I went to apply again and I missed the timeline because it was Australian time. <laughs> 
not mountain time. So keep that in mind if you're going to apply that you've got the actual right time zone of the country that you're applying to go to. Yeah, we forget that Google is a global program, not just a localized program here in the United States. Or just here in Ogden or Mountain Time Zone. Yeah, exactly. So you got to take that into consideration. But the application process itself is there are a couple of videos that you have to submit, uh, a vision video, and I can't remember the name of the other video, but really you've got one minute in those videos to get across your problem, to illustrate your passion, and then how you might be able to solve that particular problem. The applications, when I've looked at those, or the ones that I've completed, usually vary slightly, um, just in the type of questions that they give you. Um, but they, they, they're just trying to get a good idea of, of who you are. And I really appreciate that process because when you do get to the academy, you already have this instant connection because their process is so detailed or refined or I'm not sure how they do it. Maybe it goes into match.com or something and you're matched on like 32 <laughs> points of compatibility. But whatever they do, they they find the right people to connect you with. Um, so that's the application process. Yeah, it seems like we met Mark at South by Southwest. We're going to have him hopefully be a guest later in the year. Um, it's been really cool to see how many connections you made internationally with that and how you've kept those connections going, which is great for all teachers, especially those in the Ogden, Utah area. Right. And and really what's come out of that is this podcast. Um, yeah. That's one of the things that have come out of that and the Explorer program as well as, as part of my project. And those connections that you were saying, those still exist today. We spent four days together in Stockholm. Um, we made such a deep connection that I wake up and I look at my phone every morning and I have chat messages from around the world with people that that were at that academy. So it it is an incredible learning opportunity. And if I were to sum it up into one word or a hyphenated word, life changing, <laughs> right? Yeah. That that's hyphenated, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, or could yeah. be. Um, yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> okay. We'll count it. Um, so there are academy dates coming up this year, right? Do you remember any of them? There's one in May. That's yep. a date, and it's going to... The one that's currently open is in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, um, that's, that's the right. first that's one. Uh, I believe they have one in Venice. That's California, not Italy. Yeah. Um, and then they have... I know they have one in Denmark, I believe Madrid, Spain, and maybe Mexico City, somewhere in that area. Yeah, and because it's a global program, you have different languages spoken at certain ones. So some of them are in Spanish. Um, I believe there was one in Chinese. Um, I'm not Mandarin. sure. Well, we'll look Dutch. at the program. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. So you can check that out. Absolutely. And and apply, right? What What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say, not this time, but at least you've had some experience in the process and you can try again next time. Exactly. Um, one of my favorite sessions the whole day, though, was Manusha's bored and brilliant keynote at the very beginning of the day. Uh, she talked about this idea that um, of kind of contemplative boredom, taking a step back from your technology and going, I don't need this. So like, I, I, I'm going to kind of summarize quickly and jump in with whatever you thought was kind of a big idea in there. But I loved her idea of let's go in with a big group of people all of them doing challenges week by week to kind of disconnect themselves from technology. So the first week it was turn off your phone, set it aside for an hour a day. Just put it away. Let the apps run. Let the notifications come. You're not paying attention to them at all. Um, And then the next week it was let's delete one app from your phone that's driving you crazy. So a lot of people it was social media. So there was a lot of people that said I deleted Facebook or I deleted Twitter or I deleted deleted uh, Instagram or Snapchat. But some of them was just games, things that sent them notifications all the time. And then this kind of this ball kept rolling. And as she was doing it, she's a great podcaster from uh, New York City. She 
continued to kind of build this idea of let's let's just keep disconnecting. And it kept that ball rolling, but also let's tr- dig into the neuropsych. And so she actually developed a, kind of this great text about how neuropsych and uh, boredom and turning off your device all kind of intersect and how and why we should be doing that. Yeah, one of the things that I took away from that as well was really having that tech and life balance and being able to set it aside. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, let's right. do it. So what app would you delete? Um, if I had to go with time-wasting, it would probably be YouTube. I have a tendency to like fall down that YouTube hole of like I'm just going to like click and then click and click, click. And all of a sudden you're down with like an hour of time and you're like, I didn't watch anything of value. Like maybe it was just – I have a tendency with like fail videos. So I'll watch a bunch of fail videos in a row and I'll be like, ah, uh, crud, I just lost an hour and a half is of my that, life. Is that to like boost self-esteem or something? You see other people no, it's dipping just, it or I, – I, I don't know what it is. It's, the, it's like a, it's, it's the 21st century version of uh, – oh, what was that TV show in the 90s with um, – Like America's Funniest Home yeah, Videos? Yeah, it's the 21st century version of that. And so you can just let your brain stop and pay attention to that. And you're going, well, I'm, I, it, it, I'm not learning anything. I'm not doing anything. And so Manusha's big idea was is that you stop doing that so that you let your brain you know, kind of just chill and, and do kind of work itself out. And, and there's neuropsych behind it that it allows your brain to kind of reset itself and figure out ideas. And I, I relate to that because I, when I step away, that's when I have some of my best ideas or my breakthrough moments for me personally. And that is when I'm away from my phone. And that comes when I mow the lawn or I clean the house or I'm doing nothing related to technology. That's when I'm going, oh, that, that's what I need to be working on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what app would you delete? Well, I just switched phones recently. Oh. And when I switch phones, I don't actually copy all of my apps back over. I add them as I need them. Mm. And I refrained from adding any fantasy sports apps, right? <laughs> so not, not only has it saved me time, it saved me money. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm never going to have to worry about that because me and sports don't, we don't understand. Oh, I wasn't any good at it. I wasn't any good at fantasy <laughs> sports. <laughs> I just found it entertaining and it was definitely a time waste. So I didn't add that back and I don't plan to add it back because really of what I picked up there and having that balance. Yeah, I I thought it was really interesting to start off a a tech conference with, hey, stop using your tech. And that seemed to be kind of a a generalized theme throughout the day. So I went to Chris Nessie's session. Um, He's a podcaster from New Jersey, um, middle school English or uh, social science teacher, does a lot of different things. We actually had him on the podcast and you'll be hearing that episode very soon. But he, during his session, talks about the idea of ed chats, which is a big thing in in, uh, educational Twitter right now. So go on there, join an ed chat, you got to answer questions, you interact with other teachers and and administrators and things like that. Um, And he said, those are great. But if they're interfering with your day-to-day life, take a step back. And so he's like, there's one that's out of Australia. It's like 3.30 in the morning. That's when everyone's awake doing it. And he's like, if you're up doing an ed chat at 3.30 in the morning local time, you need to take a step and think about what you're doing. But that might help you if the Google application is in Australian time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To know when to do that. But I I think we can summarize, you know, in Manoush's keynote to tie into our theme of kind of get out of your comfort zone. We are really comfortable with that device in our hands. Yes. And getting out of your comfort zone, putting it down really might bring those moments of brilliance. And then like Chris says as well too, you know, 
to you were just saying it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take time for your family. You gotta take time yeah. for the life that's not on your digital device. And I, I, I really believe that. I mean, I think anybody who is an educator has had at some point the tendency to be a workaholic. And technology kind of compounds that issue. And so having two very big speakers say, take a step back, was actually a really wonderful thing. It's, it's getting out of that comfort zone hmm. of where we're comfortable in the 21st century. Well, and that's one of the things I took away from the Google Innovator Academy. Here is Google, one of the first and foremost technology companies that you might think of. But we were doing everything on Post-it notes and Sharpies yep. and big pieces of paper. I mean, we were very manual. And really what I learned from that experience, not only about just you, you're able to work quickly in that particular case, you're not distracted by other things that you're connected to, but that really works for me. And so I apply that in pretty much everything I can do. You can see I've got a piece of paper here in front of me even, and you're, you're digital on the other side. But, <laughs> but being able to write down, I, I found that I connect better with some ideas when I can actually write them out sometimes. Well, and I've seen you at workspaces where you'll have a white, tab- white board top, tabletop, and you'll be writing on it, and you'll have your post-it notes spread out, and you, it looks like a great mind map, but it's something that helps you to connect what's going on. And um, I'll take notes in my, my rocket book and do the same thing. Yeah, mostly I'm just doodling because I'm not <laughs> interested. No, <laughs> no, no. that's how I like to take notes, and then I'll, I'll snap a picture of that as well. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Ginger Lumen. So we both went to the Ginger. session kind of uh, – and Ginger, if you're listening, this was not planned. But we kind of went to it randomly. We both looked at it, looked at the description. The title of our session was um, Get Out of Your Parents' Basement or Don't End Up in Your Parents' Basement. Right. And it was this entrepreneur session. Now, you're teaching a class with um, high school students that are very much geared towards solving a problem, design thinking, and uh, entrepreneurship. And I just went, it sounds great. And so we went into the session. What do you think of our session? Well, I think the title is perfect for our theme, which is Get Out of Your Comfort Zone. Mm-hmm. So if your comfort zone is in your parents' basement, that might be a great place to start. But her session, what I what I took away from that more than anything, um, and this is what I tweeted out, is how much does it cost to learn? And that's what she said. And really the first thing that comes to my mind is zip, zero, nada, zilch. It doesn't cost anything, right? So that was one thing that I took out of there. And she shared really idea after idea after idea to really help either students or yourself create something, right? Mm-hmm. So create something and ship something. Right, so if you've got an idea for a, a new product of some kind, great. Have it built, have it shipped from, you know, this website. Prototype the thing and get it out there. Right. Um, she is a big advocate of PBL, which is project-based learning, and so the idea of a PBL is um, you have your students work on something for a long period of time that they are kind of choosing on their own and developing it, whether it be something uh, digital content or physical content or creative content. And it, she ties it really closely to what she – everyone says the real world. She says it's the, the world that they're going to enter into in high, after high school. And, it's, and that's her goal is to have her students do something that's applicable in the future so that when they get to a job – they have a skill that they can say, I've been a YouTuber because I was in school. I can, I can uh, create uh, graphic design and make T-shirts or any number of projects. I can create a podcast. Right, exactly. And I really related to that. And it was really comforting to kind of hear that perspective, especially somebody that's, that's not nearby, that's not local. You know, somebody coming in from Kansas and, and sharing those ideas because that's, that's what I'm trying to accomplish with my students 
is to give them the opportunity to work on a project that they're passionate about. And whether it's going to be helping kids that are affected by child abuse, helping people that are affected by natural disasters, or helping people or bringing awareness of situations in third world countries, or creating better social environments within the school. I mean, the kids alone have incredible ideas. And I feel like that's their project. And they are learning more than me just saying, this is the process of design thinking. You you empathize, you design, you b- brainstorm, prototype, and iterate, right? It's so much more valuable for them to dive in to do that. And what I really try and tell the students, and this is what Ginger said on the podcast the other day, so you might be hearing this again, is that when those kids sit down in front of an employer, those kids can just say, let me tell you something I created, or let me tell you a project that I did. Whether it was successful or they failed, they can say it worked or it failed, but here was what I learned and here are the steps that I took. And then the employer can see, wow, this person is valuable. Mm-hmm. I need somebody that can take action. So, Well, and there's this great – by the way, if you're a public speaker out there, follow Ginger's rule here. It was really cool in her session. She'd give tons and tons of information really quickly and then pause and say, okay, talk to your neighbor. Right. Talk for two minutes. And so Quinn and I were talking back and forth. One of the things I, I just love all the ideas that we generated. Um, one of my favorite ones was I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a classroom that has laptops for my students. Um, and with those laptops, I was just thinking we're a Google enabled school. Why not have them start a YouTube channel? explain their learning, record live really quickly, have them start doing that because that gets them out into a larger frame of thought, but also it cuts down work for me as a teacher. And so if you're thinking about PBL, if you're thinking about real world learning for your students, there's really great ways to A, cut down on work for yourself and B, do it in a way that is realistic for the students. Well, you just did that recently, really, with Flipgrid. Yeah, I've been using Flipgrid in the last three days, and I I actually got home last night because my students are doing a poetry slam, and they did it silently, so they were recording their videos on Flipgrid, and everyone's sharing and listening to these poems and things like that. And all of a sudden, um, I think I had, I have like 250 videos, and they're all back and forth from different poems and things like that. And then on top of that, the engagement was just off the charts, eight, 10 hours per class. Right. You said yesterday, all of your students on the way back when we were driving back, you said 50 hours of engagement Yeah, through all of your students doing their work through Flipgrid. And what a cool thing to be able to track. And all I have to do is go back to that Flipgrid, look how many likes are on each video, look at the top one, listen to it, make sure it's a school appropriate video. I'm done with my poetry slam right there, as well as then I can go at a later date, look at all the different other ones as well. And so I'm a big advocate of technology if you can apply it in a way that is appropriate for the students. All right. So that just kind of pops a thought into my head because a lot of people think when you think project-based learning that it's got to be some massive giant project. I mean, really, doesn't that apply to just those small situations like you had right there? A small project like Flipgrid Poetry Slam? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. It can be something small, but also it can lead to larger things. So like, for instance, you can have them do um, notes on Google Keep for research and do that for a couple of weeks and then take a break and come back to it later and say, oh, you remember those notes? Now we're going to turn that into a video. We're going to turn it into a podcast. We're going to turn it into this. And so rather than it being something that um, so often we just do because it's there, it now becomes something that's living that kind of jumps over quarter to quarter, maybe even year to year if you have students for multiple years. Well, yeah, that was – that's definitely – and you doing that is getting you out of your comfort zone as a teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I guess a big question would be 
How do we get more teachers out of their comfort zone? Well, I think the biggest thing to get teachers out of their comfort zone is just to go to a conference like this. I mean, I'm going to advocate with my administrator for more teachers to go with us last next year and to get them engaged in the process, thinking about it. Because there were sessions that there were probably, what, two dozen sessions per hour? And we couldn't get to all of them. And there were oh, no. all sorts of levels. Um, we'll talk about Twitter in the next episode and things like that. I went to a session on social media. And all of them... If a, if a teacher goes to a conference like this, they're going to be confronted almost automatically with something they don't know. And if they can look at it and go, I think I can use this, not I think this scares me. That's the goal is to get them to think, how can I use this, not how does this scare me? So you're saying going in with the mindset of I'm going to find something, I'm going to discover something I can take back not only for me but for my students. Exactly. And it's that um, thing that you and I have been talking about a lot, yes and. Not no but. Or yeah, but. Or yeah, but. Yeah, but. I'd like to do that, but. Exactly. And so we're trying to get more teachers to think, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I can do this, too, on top of it. And yeah, I can do this, too. Or even or, I think, might be acceptable. Yes, I could do that, or I could do it like this, because that would fit my needs and my students a little bit better. Or work with the technology that I do have. Or the resources I do have. Very cool. Well, day one, it was excellent. I had a great time. It's a really good time. I exceeded expectations yeah. um, by going to that conference. So if you haven't had the chance to check it out, you set, I believe, uh, March, second week of March next year. Uh, look that up, but get it on your calendar. Yeah, and next year the theme was uh, Tell Your Story. Tell Your Story. I'm excited about that one Yeah. after some of our experiences at South by Southwest. Yep, and we'll be back uh, next episode with uh, Friday's Day session. two. And we've got tons of tons of things. Quinn did a lot that day. Uh, from a speaking standpoint. Yeah, I don't know how much I actually did. <laughs> you did we'll a see. lot. <laughs> so we'll get into that next time. Thanks for listening, folks. And uh, check the resources below. Um, remember to check out House of Ed Tech as well. We're part of their network. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.